Welcome back, beloveds, to another beautiful episode of Experiment 301. I'm your host, Brother Beloved, also known as Kevin K. Pierce, and I got a real special guest coming on with me today. My man, Chris Shaw, Stevenson alumni, DMV native, and just all-around good brother. We talk about, we originally brought him on uh, to discuss Fitness Week, the original idea for these streams of podcasts, but he had such an interesting life story as far as his family stuff, his journey through basketball, and his journey through trying to get his college degree, period. That we ended up talking about that for the first hour or so. That was really fun. And I'm really looking forward to you guys hearing that part. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Chris Shaw. So the year is 1992, and a young Chris Shaw is born to who, where, and when? Born to my father, James, my mom, Sandra, born D.C., and my dad was there both in the Army at the time. So when I was born in D.C. at the Watch Reed Hospital, you know, I grew up with a total of five siblings, so I was the second youngest. And uh, growing up, uh, I always had, I have four brothers, including me and one sister. So it was a lot of, a lot of protection around me. Um, oh, yeah. You know, even when getting into, like, fights or whatever or anything, it was, you know, there was, of course, you know, been a neighborhood kid and having an older brother who was always there for you, always did those things. And then growing up and growing out of that phase and becoming your, finding your own self, becoming your own person, and then running into your own, your own causes, your own situations. Um, but other than that, man, life, life kind of changed for me in 2001. Well, my, mom passed, my, mom, my mom passed away in 2001. So life was like a lot different then. And then um, just getting through that. But thank God, man, that my grandmother on my dad's side, she came up from Philadelphia, and she basically just stayed with us for the rest of her life until she passed in 2017. So she was able; she was like my second mother. So when I told people, I told people a lot. Like my my grandmother is really my my second mom, and it's not just that grandmother I see on the, on the holidays. It's that she was there my whole life. Like she was making my breakfast, helping me out, teaching me wisdom, like teaching me things, and. So yeah, man. There, there's just there's a lot growing up, but getting over those phases. Me personally, like I was always in church, but I grew away from that church for a little while. And um, in college, I wasn't I wasn't near the church either. I was just away from everything, and I was just kind of just like finding myself. Um, recently, after graduation, that's when I started, you know, praying more, um, talking to Jesus more, and getting back to the ways that I knew what was right. So, yeah. And that's a little deep, a little emotional. Nah, nah, right I want there. all the deep, nah, I want all the deep dive. I want you to be open and honest. I do all want right. to talk a little bit more about your grandmother because stepping into that role, I know how pivotal that could be. You said in 2001, so you were 9, 10? Yeah, I was, I was, 2001, I was 8, turning 9. So, like, she passed away as I was 8. When I was nine, my birthday is nine eleven. Nine eleven happened um, on that wow. same year. Uh, wow! So, wow! Wow! Yeah, and then my my grandmother basically she stepped into that role and it was perfect um, for that role because, like I said, like she's she was like everything, everything, 
and it took a lot of pressure off my dad while he, you know, while he worked multiple jobs, um, trying to make ends meet because, you know, you got feed five kids. Mm. So it was, it was tough at times. There was one, I suppose my, my dad was a drill sergeant in the army, so. Ah, uh, so it was, yeah. it was <laughs> picking the fan in the household. It was, okay. Yeah, man, yeah, no games, man. No games playing around. Definitely, um, definitely was all out of love, though. It wasn't out of, you know, anything else. But, I mean, it taught you to be, it taught us to be tough. Like, just go out there, don't, like, not having that mother, you know. We didn't come back crying or, like, right. there was, there were certain, like, father things. We were outside cutting grass, washing cars, helping him build things, cut down trees, like, getting your hands dirty. Um, and just learning how to, just to cope differently, so... So I know, uh, I know you touched on this a little bit, but I always say that watching my mother work multiple jobs and watching my dad just be like the best hustler I know since I was a youngin. Like wherever, wherever there's a way to flip him to work and run, my dad's on that. Like he's hustler of the year every single year. He gonna find a way to make ends meet. And I talk about right. how that affects me and now my grind and how I go. I want to ask you the same question: How does that affect you and your grind and your growth? Um, that affects a lot. What what affects it the most is that, like, I always wanted my dad and my parents to be happy. So, like, I I knew I knew what came from what we had to go through. So, me going to college, graduating was like my ultimate like gift to them, being the first to graduate, and a family after all the turmoil that had happened throughout the years and the deaths of my grandmother and my uncles, like my mother. So like there was a lot going on and behind the scenes that watching them, watching him work so hard, stick by our side with five kids after your wife of 22 years passes away, like being a loyal, faithful man, that, that right there shows, like it was like justifying. It was like, okay, I can't, I can't be, I can't, I don't have any reason to complain. I, I can't complain. I can't make excuses. I just have to be, I just have to be who I am. I have to be, live up to the standards, live beyond the standards. Um. So what makes me, it makes me work hard. It makes me work hard all the time. Just knowing that when you lose someone and when you watch others, how they adapt to that, and see that even though they hurt in the inside, they keep grinding and they, everything is fine and they just keep on going. It just makes you want to, it just, it just gives you that reason not to make excuses, like not to, to see life from a different perspective. Like you see things differently, all the little things that we would complain about, like you don't, you just don't complain about it anymore. You just kind of, you grow up faster in a sense, Like you grow up a lot faster. So. There we go. There we go. So, focusing on growing up. Uh, so, I know you're a big fitness guy. So, what at what point was the fitness aspect introduced to you? Um. So, fitness. All right. So, like, fitness introduced to me. I always play. I played basketball in seventh grade, but that was just like getting into the game. With fitness, um, freshman year, high school. There was this kid in my neighborhood who was on the football team, and I was scrawny in high school. I was like six two, skinny. As, I was like one ninety, and six two. Yes, I was skinny and tall. Just all left. 
Right. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I used to. I used to be. I, I really used to. I used to be the chubbiest, like little chubby fat kid in the family, until I got tall and had a growth spurt. So I used to be really. So I used to be really chubby. As you grew up, you slim. Right. <laughs> that ha- yeah. I swear to God, that happened to everybody but me. Like I was the short, <laughs> I was the short fat kid, and then I got taller, and I'm still fat. It's crazy. <laughs> you know? I mean, you, I mean, you, you wouldn't get there. Oh, it yeah. takes time, that's though. Why, yeah, it takes time. Yeah. yeah. You know, well, we'll, get we'll, yeah. Get we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. Speaking of, with the man neighborhood. Yeah, the man, the, the guy in the neighborhood, he's on the football team at a uh, high school, middle high school, and um, Lynn Barney, and. And um, so uh, it was one night after one of the games. Like we snuck into the weight room, and like I had never bench pressed. But I was like, man, I want to bench press. Like, you know, I was so like infatuated with learning how to bench press and how much why guys felt this much weight and they were getting so big and walk around high school. I was like, man, I'm skinny. I want to get stronger. Basketball, you know, for girls, everything. I just want to get stronger. I was, so, about to, I was gonna ask you to keep it a buck at, at 14, 13. We ain't right. gonna act like the girls wanted it. Right, right. I wanna get little, you know. <laughs> I, wanna, I wanna get beer, right? I wanna be noticed. So we started lifting my first night, we'll say 95 pounds. And then from there I hit like 120 and then 135. And I think by senior year, I was weighing like two hundred pounds and my max bench was like two seventy-five. Um so I was okay by senior year, but then, like high school was, it was I was lifting, but I wasn't. I didn't know how to lift. You know, it was like you know programmed by the, the instructors, and it was only that one time every other weight training class we had, and then my coaches made me lift with football players after school. Like out of all people, like no one else, both me on the team. Like Chris goes to that goes to the after to the football workouts in the weight training room. So these guys in here running backs. And linebackers putting up, deadlifting, everything. I'm like, dang, man. So that's how I got strong. If everyone asks me how I got my shoulders, that's how I got my shoulders. <laughs> doing, doing a lot of working out the football guys, doing a lot of shoulder presses. Did you ever play football yourself, or was it always basketball? It was always basketball. They wanted me to play football. Um, we had an assistant coach who was the big man coach, and he was the head football coach. So he always wanted me to play tight end so bad that even in my sophomore year on varsity, he put in a brochure, the opening season brochure, that I was starting tight end on the football team. Hey, yo. <laughs> you ain't try out. You ain't no, got helmet even. pads, nothing. No, you know when people come to the game for the first opening game and they get the brochure, the packet, and they read about whatever the players are doing. Leah, Chris Shaw, starting uh, tight end on the varsity football team as well. <laughs> like, you there playing. like I am? <laughs> I, was like, I was like, right? I was like, maybe I should have played football. I don't know. Um, but, but yeah, that was high school. High school was fun. Um, I was like really quiet in high school. Uh, I didn't really do much in high school. I got in like one fight, one or two, yeah, one fight in high school. Um, did he deserve, it? Did he deserve huh? it? Yeah, he deserved it. He okay, deserved good. It. it was okay. fresh, it was freshman year. It was freshman year. It was, I, I remember Claire's day. It was, it was freshman year. It was the last period of the day. I had a gym class and I was fall semester. And so I'm playing basketball as a freshman. I'm playing with all the, all the seniors that came in the round, like track seniors, football seniors, basketball seniors. They all come into gym class. So it's freshman year. You still try to make a name for yourself as a freshman. And so I'm like, all right, I'm going to go up and try to dunk. You know, 14 years, I'm going to try to go ahead and dunk. Mm-hmm. And that's when I just started dunking. I had to start, like, really dunking, like, two-hand dunks and all that. Yeah, so, like, nigga happened to be under. He, like, no one saw him, bro, like. 
you know, he, he lay walk under me. He don't even play basketball. He didn't deserve to be on the court. But we're all dunking. I go up to dunk. He pushed me midair. So we had words going back to the locker room. Next thing you know, we started fighting. And the crazy part about it is, is like the next day or whatever, or the next before the next day, the coach, our girls' coach, he was like, "Man, Chris, like you're on a basketball team, like I don't have to tell your coach. Just go ahead and like you know, you guys just go ahead and just dap it up, man, and get it over with." Oh, I thought you were about to say he gave you the okay to go fight him again. I'm no, 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 no. I was, I was like, yeah, you're right. I'm not trying to kick off the basketball team, um, right. and I'm a freshman, so I was like, yeah, I'm good. But he wasn't good because his his man's the next day looked at his face and. Oh yeah, like, that, like, I swear that's what always makes it worse. It's never the two people. It's the outsiders. Like, oh, right. I don't go like that. Right. Oh, let him do you. And it wasn't it wasn't even like that. Like I, I didn't talk to the kid for the rest of my high school career. I had, I had no worry. I had no nothing with him at all. There was no nothing leading up to it. Just that one instance, that that one time, where I mean, I wasn't gonna go disrespect. I wasn't gonna go being pushed in the air because I could got hurt. Right. So, plus if I had a win like that, all the seniors is there. Like so, yeah, it wasn't gonna happen like that. Yeah. So we're, um, we're very big on not going like that in this show, and that's right. very much <laughs> a don't go like that moment. Trust me, a big theme in this show, I'm going to have a don't go like that moment compilation. And this is definitely right, right. the <laughs> Yeah. Um, All right, so let's talk a little bit about the high school basketball career. So you said right, yourself, cool. you're on varsity your sophomore year. So I'm assuming yeah. you're a bucket by then, if you skip the JV process by a year. Yeah, because I played, I played JV basketball. So I always, like, I guess leading up to my oldest brother, my, not my oldest, but my older brother, Will always say, man, if y'all want to get if y'all want to get balanced, y'all want to be dunking. You got to do a thousand calf raises a day. So, oh, the old legend. Yeah. So we sitting, me and my brother, you know, we in the house. Me and my younger brother doing calf raises on the step. We doing like 200, 400 in the middle of the day, outside jumping around, squat jumping, lunging, running, and so like freshman year, I didn't have like bounce. I don't know when I started. I started lifting weights freshman year, but then like sophomore, like going into the summer playing AU before sophomore year, I was like doing windmills and dunking and Ooh. throwing off the backboard. Three. Are you still in six two? Huh? No, I'm six. Right. I'm six six. Oh, oh yeah. So you yeah. Now. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, it's lit now. <laughs> yeah. So um, I was I was doing everything. I don't I don't got as much bounce as I did like uh, when I was nineteen, but 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 back in high school I was growing up to that and then playing. Like AAU basketball with high school, um, sophomore summer with like the best with the best basketball players in Baltimore. Like just playing with them over, just getting better with them because they came from all the the top like the toughest schools in the city, um, and just being around that environment. But then coming back to high school and applying that, so that's where I guess I kind of progressed faster when it came to making varsity. Um, so and at the time though. Because you just said, uh, sorry to cut you off, but you just gave AAU ball a great compliment in your development as a player. Yeah. Now, AAU ball is like a hotter topic, the more at the NBA level, because they're blaming them like, oh, it's everything's like AAU, it's negative, negative, this, that, and the third. These kids are training forever from when they're little. What's mm-hmm. your perspective on it as someone who played AAU ball and you just attributed it to your growth and making varsity as a sophomore? Uh, AAU is great. AAU is. 
A, A, like in AU, depending on the club that you're with, um, it can sometimes be better than the high school, depending on who your coach is, depending on who your coaches are. Because in AU, that's the time for you to go through a full training camp of all the top, some of the top players in the state that are coming to play for this one club, depending on the team you play for. And they're not, they're not bums. Like they're really, they're like, they're really good. So they're challenging you. There's every no, single there's practice. There's no coach's son who just so happens no. to be a senior on a starting five. They're all buckets. Right, they're all buckets, and they all got they all got letters. They go places, even if like I wasn't like highly recruited because I didn't start like as early, I guess. But seeing them come from private schools and like you know the schools that were highly recruited, like Dunbar, um, like like um, John Carroll, Calvin Hall, Mount St. Joseph, Demanta, yeah, Gonzaga. Um, seeing them come from schools like that and playing with these guys, their fundamentals are like out of this world for one. Their IQ for being that age was just like just there, just sharp. Their confidence level, like they they knew the game. They did whatever they want to in the court. Like they had that mindset that they could do whatever they want to. They get the ball, they can score if they want to. It took me some time to grow into that mindset just because I didn't I didn't realize then that also having a trainer in the summertime while playing AAU is benefiting the, the kid that's playing. It's important to have a trainer as well when you're playing AAU basketball. You get an actual trainer, not someone who's going to have you shooting over groups. Mm, no, actual no. Yeah, no. Actual trainer that actual you got to pay. Trainer. Right. If not you, your cousin. No. Not Ray Ray and um, a trainer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> get a, get a, <laughs> You get an actual, get an actual legit trainer that's going to you out. That's going to charge you. Ain't no, like you know, they're going to charge you for it. If you if you need to work on your shot, if your coach say, "Hey, you need to work on your shot this summer," go get a real trainer to go work on your shot. Like you need to work on this and come back and be work on more than what you're supposed to work on. You know, it's about. I think I think that's why generations of kids after us are be so much more talented in in sports than we were. It's because they're going to keep evolving. Absolutely. Like, like they're gonna now they're eating healthy. I didn't think about eating healthy. I didn't think about no diet in high school. Like, I didn't think about diet in college. Kids are dieting from like the age of twelve. Like they're right talking now. about pliability and shit before they even get to high school. Like it's ridiculous. Right. Right. Like they're they're it's 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 um it's crazy to see like what they're gonna be able to do just from like their their habits now and like the way they think the way they're the way they're being raised because now you know as we're growing it's like a bachelor's degree it's like everyone has one now so it's like now kids now we're now we're gonna have to we gotta get a master's degree next thing you know you gotta get your your phd or like whatever right. but just the fact that i guess kids are more tech savvy they're more which can have the pros and cons as well, you know, of, of having uh, us write out certain things and just do certain more of the, the hard natural work that we're used to doing. Right. But also for us adapting. But I guess we can talk about that later, you know, no, going into. No, no, no. Real quick, we can talk about that right now, actually. With the technology, I feel like the quarantine is going to end the uh, age of technology, kids losing social skills thing. Because the moment this is over, everyone's outside. Like mm-hmm. everyone's gonna want to be social. It's no more, no matter what social media tech you got in the house, you're gonna be so bored with it by the time this quarantine is over. I feel like this is this is kind of 
I don't want to say it's what we needed because it's a pandemic and people are dying, but like the concept of right. kind of seeing what it's like without the social interaction shows us how much we need it as humans. Let's say you right. first show. Now, that is true that kids are going to be outside more, but there are certain there are certain kids that that think like adults when it comes to their craft, and they're now taking advantage of things that they can do. Like there's like because I'm a developer, so like there's certain kids that are diving deep into learning new programs and spending massive hours of time learning to become that new that new developer and learning what Elon Musk does with Tesla and they're like wiring their minds right now on how they're going to graduate and what they're going to do after that. But they still want to have fun. It's just like they're, they're teaching themselves new skills. Right. Like, and just taking the time to hone in on things that they didn't have time to before, um, from being distracted by so many things. But there's, there's that side. Then there's people that's going to go out more, which I'm going to go out more, um, and be out there more as well as study. So it's going to be a balance, but, I'm honestly, I'm enjoying this time. What that I'm not enjoying is that the gym's been closed. Um, oh, yeah, it, nah, that's not, that's no good at all. Right, because we talk about, we talk about stress, like, you know, that's, that's the key right there for stress. And whenever I was, you know, whenever I would be upset, or, you know, or have a long day at work, go to the gym, blow off some steam, and I'm, and I'm good. Like, I'm back to normal. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how everyone adapts or readapts to everything once this pandemic is over. Uh, I'm a follower of uh, Darwinism and evolution and whatnot, and I'm curious of it for that thing, too, because lack of social interaction on a mass human scale for, let's say this quarantine goes a year. I feel like mm -hmm. that's going to have such, an, such a dramatic effect on the next generation, not to mention the quarantine babies that are come out of it. What are they going to be like? What's their generation going to be like? I don't know. These are, these are things I ponder while I'm, I'm trapped in the house. But I want to steer us back to uh, your basketball journey real quick. So oh, right. tell me what the re recruiting process is like at the end of so, your high school journey. So in high school, I wasn't, I wasn't highly recruited. And the reason I wasn't highly recruited is because I started late in the AAU game that I started in. And I started late in not knowing which like school to go to. It was just, you know, you go to a school that your school district's in, not researching go to Mount St. Joseph or go to DeMatha or go to, you like know, Georgetown Prep. Like, yeah. you know, like, so that was, that was um, where, like, we lacked because of, like, prior knowledge, not knowing about these things, um, which is okay because, you know, that that's clearly part of God's plan. But, you know, if it had gone like that, then... I would have definitely been, like, recruited highly because when I did go to these camps my senior year, they were like, oh, he's easily, like, he's easily high D2, low D1 level player. Um, I had been recruited by St. Francis, which is probably the only D1 I was recruited by, which is in um, PA. Mm -hmm. And I got recruited by D2 in North Carolina, um, Mount Olive College. And I've been recruited by a few D3s. For me personally, at the time, I didn't know... I wanted to, I wanted to go D one, but I knew then that I didn't take high school seriously when it came to grades. I just kind of breezed by and took certain classes because I wasn't you know informed on take AP classes or prepare for college, get these college credits, or 
do this. I was just taking all the easy classes. Like, oh, let's take art. Let's take tech ed. Let's, you know, right. Like all the, you know, the weight training. I would take so many weight training classes to get stronger in gym classes, which honestly didn't didn't um help me, um at the end of my college, at the end of my high school career. So, yeah, but basketball, man. I was I was always athletic, always jumping out the gym, always. It was just then I didn't have the confidence that I have now, and which is normal for someone that gets older. Like we right. see with Michael Jordan, he relied on athleticism and smarts. But as you get older, it's like Kobe, rest in peace. Um, we rely on you know our IQ. And not as much as we rely on the body to do things. Like we gotta we gotta see it, see different options. So that's that's where I was in high school. But high school for me was fun though. It was it was a great time, great career. And then I went on to college and I started off before I started at Stevenson, I started at Goucher. That's exactly what I was gonna ask. So we go to Goucher first out of Stevenson. That's D one, D two, D three, what's Goucher? That's that's D three. So I, I was D three all through all throughout college. And they said I was D3 because I didn't have a high enough SAT score or I didn't take my grade seriously at the time. So thinking back on it, what I would have done in that situation is when it was too late for me to do that, is go to prep school. I would have gone to prep school or junior college. Like, I would have gone to junior college in Texas somewhere or North Carolina or a prep school in Massachusetts or somewhere where they're going to prep you in the, the, with the prep schools. You go to a prep school like that, like a high-level prep school that's recruited, that's targeted for talented basketball players that's coming out, right. like fifth-year high school players. And then you get recruited by all these D1s. That was the route that I would have taken if I had known then. Um, but Goucher was a D3. Went to Goucher for a year and a half. Won a dunk contest. Um, freshman year. You have dunk contest footage. Yeah, I do. I do have some footage. Is is deep on YouTube? It's deep on YouTube. All right, I gotta find it. Deep, it's it's deep on YouTube. I want okay, to be dunking on people as this is going. <laughs> as I, this going. I need to see the windmills. Yeah, I got you. Um, so went to Goucher, and I went to Goucher for a year and a half. And so, like, like I'm, I'm the so once again, this is my I'm the first one to go to college with my family. So all these things are brand new to us. This is all new. They're just thinking we just get in college, we just go to college, and we just keep going. Like, you just keep getting loans and stuff. But something happened, of course. Um, financially, I owed some money to Goucher, a good amount to a Goucher. Mm-hmm. And um, so at the end of my first semester, sophomore year, I just couldn't go back to school. So I wasn't, I was out of school, out of college. And it's because I had to pay the money to pay the debt back that I owed just to get my transcripts, just to either go back there or transfer. So that was 2012, January 2012. I was out of school from January 2012 all the way up until fall 2014 that I paid my debt back. And the Stevenson story, anybody about to ask that? Uh-huh. I got, I got in Stevenson. This is my man, Justin Kuntz. Um, he was, he actually, we were actually, we actually didn't like each other in high school. We played against each other because we were rival, um, rival town, like high school teams. He played for Glen Burnie High School. I played for Old Mill High School. We're both in Glen Burnie. And so like, you know, we would, we would talk trash to each other, whatever, during the games. And like, we couldn't say each other, but then like, you know, we had gone through our, our mishaps of different colleges and like up and down throughout the years to where like, when I was looking for schools, 
um, he reached out to me and was like, bro, just come to Stevenson. We had a great year last year. We made the playoffs. We can definitely use your help. And I was like, okay, cool. Um, I'm going to look into their programs. I was looking to go to Penn State. I was looking to honestly not play basketball at all and just go to Penn State. Because I was like, after being out so long, I wanted to play still, but I was just so serious now. Like, it was like a different focus. It wasn't, it wasn't so much just the partying and doing whatever and not having responsibility. After being out that long and working in retail and working working in jobs where no one, like, they didn't really care. They just, like, slaved you and labor. I was just, I was, that's just not what I, I can't see myself doing that. Um, so I, was, I, I need my degree. So that was more important to me than playing basketball because I was like, I'm here for, I'm on business now. Like, I, I got to pay my way through school. It's, there's no handouts anymore. So that was my mindset. So I get the first year to try. And the basketball team was really fun. You know, had a lot of fun with them. You know, it was it was great. You know, rest in peace to, to Christian. But rest in peace, my brother's flashlight, man. Yeah, it was it was um, which um, he was really open arms when I got to Stevenson. Like my first, I think my first day, like I had just turned in my transcript papers, saw Stewart, Gary Stewart, and I went down to the weight room and I was like trying to find out, you know. So like immediately he was, oh, I'm Christian, I'm on the basketball team. Um, you know, and we started looking weights together. And so, like, from then on, like, we were, people always pushed me to, like, be better in, um, in basketball, just to be better and just to work harder. And I always, like, admired him because he always worked really hard and he never got tired. And he was always serious. Like, he joked around after the games. Like, it was rare that, you know, he joked around with us, but, like, with, like, but most of the time he was serious. Um, he was always he was always in the gym before and after everyone left. It's just like getting up shots and just working on his game. I always, so like love, he, I always love hearing these good stories about Christian because Christian was the re, uh, real big reason why I ended up going to Stevenson. So we went correct. to high school together. He was either a year above me or two years above me. Uh, we both went to Paint Branch. So mm-hmm. he was a ball player. I was a football player. I remember I came on my visit, and either he just so happened to walk by or Coach Beer tapped him on the shoulder and was like, hey, we got a Paint Branch guy coming back, come through. But I remember that day he came to me. He was sitting there and be like, man – we can go ahead, we can take all this over, bro. Be giving me the best rah-rah speech in the world. <laughs> so, but in a Christian right. way, because you know, he's not a yell-yell dude. He's not yeah. doing that. So in a Christian way, like, bro, we can take this whole thing over. We can turn SU into PB South, bro. We can do all the da da I was sold. <laughs> I was sold. Right. And at the time we were at Stevenson together, bro, he could have been nothing more than an OG. He couldn't have been a better OG to me. Anything right. I need, every time you see me, yo, big man, you good? But you, every time, so I always appreciated him. And I'll always have a special memory in my heart. Rest in peace, my brother Christian Rob. Right, man. He was, was a great, great guy, great friend, great teammate. And he was always, always like, uh, always just chill, man. Like, he was always happy. He was, it wasn't, Pops was always happy. Like, he was always just relaxed. Um, only time he was furious was on the court. That was, that was on the court. Um, but yeah, man, uh, Stevenson, like, Going there, I played there for a year. I came back the next year, but a lot of people don't know is that I still had financial. I was paying my way through Stevenson, right. so like I needed other options to stay in school, and I didn't want to go through. What I went through two years ago, and that wasn't going to happen. So, you know, thankfully, Barbara from financial aid um, helped me out, and. We decided on the grant 
that she gave me, and I had also been blessed with the RA position. So there it is. I knew that. So I had to commute. I did have to commute my um. So 2015 spring semester, I, I was commuting back and forth, but I set up my schedule to where I will only go to go to school Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, because I had those design courses and everything was like one hour or you know three hours long once a week. Mm-hmm. And um, so Christian was staying. Christian and Kobe were roommates, and they they let me crash there like the three nights a week that I was at school. So like I was crashing at their apartment um, for those three nights in the spring semester after basketball season. And um, then, you know, that's how I became an RA the following year. And everything kind of changed from there, man. Um, I had I had a meet with my advisor, and she was like, in order for you to graduate by 2017, this is, 27, this is 2015 fall, so in order for you to graduate by 2017, you need to take 18 credits each semester, and you also need to take a college course outside of this campus during the summertime before you hit under 30 credits so you can get it for cheaper. So... At that point, I'm just like, all right, RA, 18 credits, six classes a semester. Um, still need to work because I got to pay my phone bill and still want money. Uh, I don't know if I can play basketball. And I was like, all right, what's, what's important? I love basketball. I love the game. I love my teammates. But I'm not here on scholarship. There is no scholarship. Um, I'm here by, my, by God's will and paying for this, like, myself. So I had to part ways. The basketball team. They didn't take it lightly. They didn't take it lightly. They didn't take it lightly at all. Right. You know, there was a lot of grudges being held, a lot of different looks. Um, but I'm just like, look, man, y'all don't y'all don't understand my life. Like, this is something I have to do. Like, I have to graduate. I have to get my degree. I'm going to get my degree. Like right. that's how determined I was. I was I'm going to get it. I was on Dean's list while Stevenson. I was I'm I'm going to get my degree. I'm I'm not I'm not playing games. Um, so after that, after I became an RA, from there, it was, I guess it was a little, a little different, you know, the way people saw you. I was um, about to say, because you've been playing basketball since seventh grade at that point, so it's a big part of your yeah, life. Yeah, right. So what is it like to now walk around campus, not a basketball player, just Chris the RA? Oh, <laughs> uh, the first thing, first thing someone said, not to mention names, is, um, is, man, how are you still getting girls you're not in the basketball team? Hey, yo. <laughs> like, the like, jersey was the magical power. Right. I was like, bro, I was always like, just before basketball. Like, that was just, that just made me more popular, I guess. But <laughs> it's always this way. I don't need, I don't need a sport, girl. Um, but, yeah, that was, it was, it was different. I was more relaxed, I guess. Like, I still went to the game. I still supported them. But I just realized I had all this free time, even though I had 18 credits and had to work RA and have the admissions job. Like, I still had a lot of free time. Because that's uh, how much force takes up, man. Right. I was like, dang. I, got, I was like, I got a lot of free time. No one's yelling at me. No one's, there's no mandatory 6 a.m. workouts. No study sessions. No, I can go lift weights when I want to lift weights. I can go to sleep after class, wake up, do what I got to do. And on top of that, I was over 21. So the house party rule didn't really get to me. I feel like it would have got to me if I was younger. And I was already trying to get around the curb and get in through, like, parties and stuff Uh, with our minors. But me, I was over 21. So I was always going to the bar. 
if I wanted to go out somewhere or go out to Baltimore somewhere. Um, but the transition was different. I always thought that I was like, I mean, when you play sports, you're in that, that athlete hub where you only talk to athletes. Like you only talk to like we you only talk to like the volleyball girls, the soccer girls, the lacrosse dudes, football players. Because at that time, um, that's the only people that could really understand you and what you're right. doing. So when you meet these RAs and you see that their life is a lot different and that they that when we have those sessions, those emotional deep talks, and you realize like, all right, these people they they go through things just like we go through things, and when we're held on the pedestal as an athlete. It's like, you know, that we're the greatest thing ever to touch Earth. And, um, you know, realizing that other people had these feelings, it made me connect more with them. It made me connect more with the RAs than I did with athletes at the time. Because I was on a, on a deeper sense of understanding them when they opened up that they weren't, that they weren't holding a facade or trying to hold an image. That they were being themselves. They were just being real when they spoke. So, there we go. There we go. Yeah. Shout out to the RAs. Now, I was a fellow RA along with yep. you. I think I came a year after you. Yeah, you came a year, you came a year after. You a year year after. after. So, you came in 2016. 2016 yeah, January 2016. So All right, you came. Ask, you was early. I gotta ask your worst and then your best RA experience. Um, ooh, ooh, ooh. We gotta start with the worst. Yeah, we gotta start with the worst. Uh, we'll be bleeped out to protect the innocent if need be. You take, do you take breaks on here? Absolutely. All right, I gotta take one little, like, 10 second break. Absolutely. We'll be right back with Experiment 301. Hello, beloveds. I know, a little different of an ad this time, but we're trying to reach out to more companies. So if you are or know someone who is a black business owner, please let them know that there is a podcast that is looking for sponsors. So, if you will or are willing to sponsor this podcast, please give me a shout at thekkpee at gmail.com. That's thekkpee at gmail.com. Thank you for your time. Welcome back to Experiment 301. Before the sponsor, uh, before the break for our sponsors, I asked our good brother Chris what his worst and best experience as an RA was. The floor is yours, Chris. The worst experience, man. And um, I won't speak on it really too much. I'll speak on it, though. Um, the fact, the scariest moment I think was before I became an RA, I had gotten into like a little altercation on campus that no one really knows about except the, the RA directors. And, um, and so I had to talk to, um, what's his name that was always trying to scare everyone? Munson? No. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had to talk to him, um, cause I had gotten this fight on campus with my over and made and like he went and told security and. Thanks, wow. you know, they, they they questioned me on it, and, you know, I had my man uh, Chandler, who, who was a witness there, who came through and basically explained everything that happened, and then they also gave me a chance. They were just like, just don't let it happen again, so I was on my P's and Q's when I got the RA job, you know, when I first became an RA later that fall, and Sarah, you know, she smiled and everything, but I think I was at the worst moment because at the time, I played my... Like, I, I saw it. I just saw it, like, get Everything in, in the balance. Right. Just, like, not, like, what like, if this goes south? And they say, no, you can be all right. Now I can't, you know, I can't really that finish out school. That would have been time bag fumble. That would have been Right. Awful. Right. 
So right, yeah, thankfully I did, man. That yeah, that would that would have been crazy had they gone another way. But um I became but a good spokesperson that day. Um, you're a man of uh, you're a man of great faith. You talked about repairing your relationship yeah. with Jesus earlier. You're a man of great faith. How do you look back at a moment like that where it could have uh where it could have flipped? How do you look back at that? I see that as uh that that Jesus made a way that it makes a way for everything. God is God is omnipotent, man. Um, there's times like that, and I wasn't close to I wasn't close to God at all. Like I was, I like at that time, I wasn't praying, I wasn't doing it that. I was living how I wanted to live. I, you know, just did whatever I wanted to do. Um, but looking back at that now, from where I am, I see that God had a plan for me, and it was to become an RA, and it was to go through with that path because there's there's times for us to go through a storm, and there's times for us to enjoy the sun. So like we we have to go through the storm and realize, like, what what we're doing. But we got we have to realize it while we're going through that. Sometimes, you know, sometimes the first thing that happens when something bad happens to us is that, like, we might blame someone else, we might blame God. But there's times where we actually have to see the purpose in it. Like we have to see the purpose in things, and I think that's what makes it special: is just seeing and realizing. Like, why does this happen? Like, why, why are these trials? Why, why did that happen? Why did I get in the fight? Why can't I just be the bigger person? Why I let pride get involved um, with me? And I could have just ignored it. I could have just walked away. Um, but then I think Jeremy Munson and Sarah for being kind-hearted, for being willing, for believing in me to do better. Like, also with us being, you know, students of color, like, believing in us to to do better, not not putting that that stereotype on us that we're ultimately going to do bad and there's worse to come beyond this and you know he just you know he's he's a charity case, but seeing that I'm trying hard, you know that it's that's coming from the heart that I really want to do this because even though the RA did take care of the financial, which it did for most of us, it was more it was more than just about that, especially when you get into it and especially when you get around you and everyone else that was already like it wasn't more than it was more than just being there just because they they paid for me it was it was about that that bond that we all created on the retreats that we had on the going out to become more more su be more su um like those different events and bonding with those different people of different relationships of different cultures understanding them a little bit better um that that helped me become a, a better man and to see things a little clearer once it became so i always thank sarah and and jeremy for like yes thank you for giving me a job and let me go forward with this there was after, after i got that i was at my I, I worked so hard just to get through school make sure my make sure i was always on dean's list make sure i was always in class paying attention because I knew I had to graduate. I just, I just had to. So. There we yeah. go. There we go. So you talk about graduation. Leads me perfectly to my next question. So compare freshman year going to Goucher Chris Shaw to graduation day Chris Shaw. He laughs. Immediately. Bro. Immediately he laughs. Yo, the freshman Chris Shaw was wild. 
wild off the chains. Like, I'm assuming that's not the wise OG that I met. <laughs> no. <laughs> wild, always drinking. Like, then I was, uh, I, that's why I was introduced to smoking. Um, I was going out all the time. I gained some, I gained like freshman 25, eating at the cafe all the time. Like, I was doing everything. I started lifting weights heavier. Like, I was gaining so much. That's why I got, I got bigger. Like, my shoulders got bigger, everything, because I was eating everything. I was lifting weights all the time. I was going out. I was partying. It was like, repeat, 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 repeat. And I was playing basketball. Um, so, and I was just, I mean, I hate to say it, but I was out with a lot of women at the time in the freshman year. And everyone who knows me asked about that, tell them the truth. Like, oh, yeah, I was out with a lot of women. And there was, I feel like I did lower my standards from high school to college for that first year. Um, we, all, we all do. You, know, you feel like you feel like freshman year of college. It's not about that. It's about racking up the numbers like it's a Pac-Man game. Right, right. Like you're just going out doing whatever. Which is like insanely misogynist in the wrong way to think, of course. But you know. yeah, like before practice, after practice, after games, you know, going out. Like I was hanging out with the seniors, so of course I was around the senior girls. So yeah, man. Um, but then senior Stevenson, to complete. Three seven ten eighty. Like, we went around the equator, everything. Like, so it's it's all different, man. Like my, I'm clear now. I'm able to just see. It's it's about the vision. I'm able to know what I'm doing now, and understand the way I talk, the way I approach people, the way I think. I have responsibility. I'm not. Just some kid that was was relying on my my dad or someone or you know feel sorry if someone to do something for me. It was like no, I, I get it, I get it and get it myself. Like, I grind myself. If I don't got it, you know I'm gonna get it. Um, so that was my mindset when I graduated. It was like all that, all those seven years, the two and a half years, three years of being out of school, taking all that because I went to school. At, I went. I was in school for a total of four point five. I was out of school for two and a half. So just taking all that, just balling up, man. It's like walk across that stage. Bro, I was like, I was happy. Like, it was like, like the happiest feeling was graduation. Like, there was nothing else compared to just graduating across stage, hear my name and call after going, facing adversity, persevering through through it all. Like, it was, it was beautiful. Like, because I see how it grew as a child. I'm about child. to say, you're about to breathe tears in my eye, bro. I'm not going to lie. You're not going to lie. Like, <laughs> almost shed a tear just now, bro. Like, because <laughs> like when you think about the journey leading up to it, getting that, yeah, getting that degree in your hand just hits so different, right, like, It hits bro, so like, different. You think, you, it's more about just college. Like, you think about everything you've gone through in life. Like, right. from a child, all the way up until you graduating college when – you beat the odds. You were told you can't do it. You were told that you were told so many negative things. The percentage rates of black men who drop out after freshman year or like just like you hear the racing thing and you had to swallow your pride. And sometimes teachers yell at sometimes teachers and people, the way they talk to you, you have to swallow. You have to like let your ego down. Like you have to let your ego go to understand, to see past that. Because if you're prideful all the time, you never want to see the importance. You never want to really listen. You're just going to, you're just waiting to respond. Like you're never listening to what someone has to say. So 
taking advice from all the OGs and all the older people um, definitely helped me get through that. And it was shown an appreciation after I graduated. So, yeah, but that wasn't, that was, that wasn't, that was, you know, short lived. I graduated. I was okay, cool. Went to, went to Miami, had fun. Okay, cool. Um, but then it was time to look for a job, which was. I was about to say, what was post grad life like after the tough. Miami trip and you're in the adult world now? It's about to get real, man. It's about to get really real. Um, where's the podcast? Where'd you, where do you post your podcast at? Podcast is on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Music, Stitcher, uh, <laughs> wherever. Okay. Wherever right. podcasts are found, Experiment 301 will be there. Gotcha. That's great. Um, so yeah, man, after college, it was it was tough finding a job. You know, I graduated with visual visual communication design and a bachelor of science. And um I really didn't know what I wanted to do. I know I wanted to do something with design, but I didn't really want to focus on graphic design. It was more so website design. And I was trying to evolve and tell myself that I was a developer, which looking back on it, man, I know what I would have majored in now if I could go back and major. I would have definitely majored in computer science. Um because that's kind of what I'm doing now, so what I'm focusing on. Um, but I would definitely major in computer science and minor in design to have both of those principles and elements. And so out of high out of college, I was working at Wigman still. Like they were training me to full time. I was like, I'm not going full time, I'm not going full time. Not going full time. Um, so I was still working part time and I was just working overtime. So I, I was just applying everywhere, fixing my resume up. And then uh August, like I was saying, I wasn't close. Jesus, but then August, one of my friends had like reached out to me and asked me to come to Bible study, and I was like nervous because I was like, bro, I don't know about this. I don't know how I feel about going to Bible study. I feel like I'm be judged by people right. there since like I don't, I haven't like been going to church or anything. I haven't been, you know, reading the Bible. I mean, I read some verses, but that was about it. And you, don't feel, you don't feel like you can be when you hear Bible study, you think of like. It's the right, be called on. Hey, hey, Chris. Even. Right, Chris. Chris. Uh, so explain. Um, uh, Peter chapter three. And I'm just, right. and like they, they didn't. They didn't. Now they weren't like that. But that's what I. That's my prejudging. Like me suffer. trying to. It's never like that. It's a warm, welcoming environment. Right. So I get in there and I realize I'm like, okay, these people are all our age. They're all y'all. They're gonna be older. Like, oh geez. And I was like, actually, the girl's father, who was holding oh, no, the 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 youth. Uh, Bible study group. You know, he just asked who everybody's name was, name something you did, you know, just an icebreaker. And then, like, he would start reading a word, and he he wouldn't call me. He would just ask, you know, what you thought about the, what you thought about the passage, say, right? And then we would break down, you know, you raise your hand. No one was wrong. There was no right or wrong answers. Um, everyone just kind of gave their, what their comprehension level was, or, like, their opinion on it, and how they felt about it, and how they, because that's one thing with the Bible, you can't get mad at someone for interpreting it a certain way, if they don't know anything about it, like if they don't, if they don't know about it, you know, you you can't get mad. You can't, you can't, you should never judge someone um, for seeing it that way. It's better to be welcome someone with a warm heart and to explain it to them. So, so maybe they can see it or maybe they can comprehend it a different way or however they want, however they're going to use it in their life. But that was the moment. And I don't like talking about past people. But a lot of people probably think of things the wrong way of certain things that happened, certain people that were dated. And at that time, I was going through finding Jesus again and realizing 
who I was dating. And mm. so I knew that in order for me to have a future with someone I wanted to be with, their their beliefs had to align and everything that I had to do had to align with me and what I was going to do. It wasn't just about me anymore. Like, it was, it was also about my family, about God, about, like, my, the future, the future of raising kids and the environment they grew up in. Right. So the decision, you know, was hard. Um, you know, I mean, a lot of people in that in that party probably still whatever. I don't, I don't care. Um, but then going forward, a few months after that, I had a heartbreak. Like my grandmother passed away. So my grandmother came to my, my graduation. She passed away in November 2017. And she passed away at 77, yeah, 77. And so, no, thanks, man. So, like, I was, I was going through a lot, man. Like, I was, I was going through a lot. I feel like I had, like, I had almost reverted back to my old ways. I started going out. I had just gone through a breakup. I was, you know, introduced to Christ again. I was trying to stay strong. And, you know, I kind of turned to going out on the weekends a little bit more kind of like, you know, dating different women and stuff and just going out and having fun. And so I did that from like 2017. Um, I fasted in 2018. I landed my job, the first job in 2018 at the end of January after my fast. Um, and I just had to renew myself. I just had to cleanse myself of everything. And so I went to that job. I worked through that. And that was like my first like corporate job that I was working at. And where um, was this? This is this is in Baltimore, um, on North Charles Street, called Money Map Press. It's a financial publishing firm. So, okay. yeah, I was I was working there. I worked there for just like I guess two years. I worked for about two years. Um, but the biggest thing about the fitness part. So like I've I've told you about how I started fitness, how I veered off. But I was never really serious serious about fitness in college in high school, how I thought I was. And I'm going to jump back to 2017. Summertime is because when I went down to Miami, I thought I was fit, man. I was like, all right, I'm good. You know, I'm fit. Y'all, you're down to Miami. You're down South Beach. Y'all, I follow this man on Instagram. I never want to see him shirtless that many times again. He was definitely feeling himself down in Miami. 1,000, 1,000 percent. I'm going to say, don't, don't fake now. You was feeling it down in Miami. He was in yeah. Miami. No, but no, I thought I thought I was I thought I was going from like like looking back when I thought I was going from I got down there and like looking back at those pictures now I'm like, dang man I was I wasn't really doing much because the guys I know they was they was they was yeah bro like it was like, rip, so I was like what does that feel like like how do they get like like how do they that's when I didn't it didn't hit me in 2017, but when I moved out in 2018. Um, I moved in with my my like one of my good friends' older brother in Baltimore City because he lived right down the street from my job. Mm-hmm. So I moved there in 2018. So I was on my own, and you know, at that time I was okay. Finally got my own space, and I started buying. I started meal prepping. That's when I researched. Like yeah, I started meal prepping. It was like November, November ish. I was like, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna take this beginning picture that I took, and I'm not gonna I'm gonna start slowly. I didn't have a gym membership until January 11th, which that gym, I was there all the time. And that's where my fitness goal changed was January 11th, 2019. 
Um, and that's when I started going to keto. I, I practiced keto. I did so much research on that because I had tried all these diets before, but I just failed them because I didn't know what I was doing. But this time, you know, having a job that I could could afford food and everything, um, I and I didn't have, I wasn't dating anyone. So, like, I didn't have anything, like, you know, distracting no one besides don't other women worry about coming at me. Don't got to worry about going out to dates at the right. restaurant with the... No, nah, not at all. Like, I would go out and talk to women. But, like, that was it. Like, there was no... Unless I'm dating you, you don't. there's no special hanging out or anything like that. Um, but, man, uh, I started work. I fell in love with the gym. The gym was just, like, nice. It was brand new. Like, locker rooms are new. Had a nice person. Had a parking garage. I just fell in love with the, the, the atmosphere of the gym and people working out there that I became almost, like... It was like almost like an addiction. Like I was going to the gym twice a day. I was in the stairmaster. I was had a had a routine where I had a protein shake two hours before I got off work. Had a little had a little you know carb snack or whatever. Pre workout before the gym. Work out hard as ever. Go home. Take a shower. Chill. I walk to work. I walk to work every day because I live like a mile away. Or sometimes I take the scooter. And um. That's what I did for I take progress progress picks every month or every week to see how I'm doing. And now I look back on those now I'm just like so when I in these times like this where I know I can't work out, I use those in motivation now. I'm like, all right, I gotta get back to that. So to the way I was and how serious I was like last May, last June. And then I finally felt that's how the guys in Miami feel. It was like a certain level that I wasn't I hadn't broke through the threshold. Like I wasn't in college, I wasn't breaking through that, and it was because the main thing is because your diet. Like, hey, you can we can lift, we can put up three fifteen, and whatever how much weight we want to, many times we want to. We're going to build certain muscles, of course. We're going to build our chest. We're going to build our back. We're going to build our arms. Absolutely. But the the core area for our stomach and for men, like the back fat, the lower back fat that men get, that means genetics. But it's also it's also diet too. It's a big part. The diet is a big part of how your body, how your physique kind of forms. And it's much easier when you go on a balanced diet. Something that's you're not starving yourself, and you kind of it's just something you do. Like you just get used to it. You start working out a little bit here and there. You start pushing the weight. You start progressing. You notice yourself getting stronger. Right. You start your heart your heart rate start going up. For me, it was getting a fitness watch. Like. Seeing tracking my fitness um, heart rate and tracking how much time I sleep when I would run, I was like, Oh, I ran three miles today. Let me let me try run three and a half, mm-hmm. or let me go to like it was just those things, just like little steps that build up over time. And so, when I see people and I was like, and they would ask me how to lose weight, I would just want to help them because I know what I had to do. I don't want you to have to go through all those years of research and looking up bodybuilding.com and searching different proteins and stuff. I don't want you to have to do that. I just want to be able to, like, kind of just give you a blueprint, and you can customize it and adjust it to how you fit. Um, so you want to – let's dive into that blueprint a little bit. So Yeah. So we'll start with me. We'll use me as the example. I'll use okay. me as the example because I feel like I'm the, the typical fitness goal. I'm at 315. I'm trying to get to 250. Okay. It's been, like, a year, eight months. Let's put, let's put that as the time. Right. All right, that's that's a good time. But you can get there in a year. Yeah, definitely. We'll we'll, put, we'll stick to a year. So I'll give it a time. Right. What are the steps? What's the blueprint you give me if I'm like Chris, my OG, my brother? I'm really trying to get down to this 250. 
help me out. Where do I go? First off, you want to check your water intake. You want to make sure that you're drinking enough water um, per day. Me, I usually drink a gallon a day. Um, some people drink more, but it also you don't want to, you know, drink too much. Now, when you're working out, you know, you'll drink a certain amount. The second thing is you want to make sure you get enough sleep. Like, stress is a big part of waking, and it releases a, um, it releases, I believe it's a hormone called, I'm not, I'm not a nutrition guy like that. I know but the hormone cor- that you cortisol, about. cortisol, 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 right? Cortisol, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, yeah, so you, yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yeah. I know the hormone you're talking about, but I, was, I didn't want to, I don't want to get there before you did, because I hate, being, oh, no, yeah. I hate being the bio major guy that just throws out the body part. Oh, no, it's good. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, throw it out. All right, but I hate being that guy, but good, now that I got permission, go for it. Yes, out of cortisol. But yeah, 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 cortisol. So, like, you know, that's a big part. So, you make sure you don't want to stress. You want to make sure you get enough water intake. You want to make sure that you're stretching. You want to make sure that you're breathing um, properly. You want to make sure. And those like the little small things. The bigger things are your diet and what time you eat. Like what time you stop eating at night and how you cycle in, like carbs if you're doing carb cycling. But just getting on a, a basic plan, not to be too confusing, just eating everything. When I shop at the grocery store, I go for everything that's whole, like the produce. I stick with the meats. I on all the out. Think of all the outside, um, all the outside layers of this, the right. Don't go in the aisles. Yeah, don't go, don't go too far in the aisles. Now you can go in the aisles to get your brown rice. You can go in the aisles to get your 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 almond butter, your peanut butter, um, and certain other things, you know. But all your main stuff that you milk with should come from all your produce, all your meat section, your eggs. And if you, I don't know if you drink dairy, but almond milk, if you want almond milk. I recently um, switched to the almond milk. It's been a yeah, great, it's been a great change. It's been a great change. That's all, that's all I have is almond milk. And I haven't had cheese in a while. Um, but I used to have cheese a lot. I'll have a cheat day with some cheese sometimes, like pizza. But other than that, I, I don't. But you kind of, then you kind of, after you do that, you want to find out how much you, how much food you need. Because you don't want to starve yourself. Even though you're trying to lose weight, we want to make sure that you're eating eating enough which if you you say you weigh 315 yeah so if you weigh 315 and i'm not sure how many calories you would need because i don't have a calculator in front of me but if you if you weigh 315 you want to make sure that you're drinking your gallon of water every day that you're constantly staying hydrated that your heart is going so you make sure you're walking or you're doing something um you're stretching and just coming up with a meal plan and meal prepping it's going to set you straight because what happens when you don't meal prep and it happens to um, all of us is that when you, when you don't meal prep, you end up eat some. You end up eating something. You end up going out and buying something. Like if I don't meal prep dinner, because it's just quicker. I'm gonna go. All right, it's just quicker. And then you, it's not just that. Like, you could buy some healthy. I can go to Meza and go get me uh, a healthy bowl from Meza that I love, Mediterranean bowl, but. The, the oil that they use those foods is not always olive oil. Like it's sometimes it's soybean oil, sometimes it's canola oil, vegetable oil, and it all comes. It comes down to oil. Like it literally comes down to that. after you clean your body of all the, the the oils and stuff and all the sugar and everything, you will notice that once you start losing weight, how certain oils will like affect your body that aren't as clean. And it comes down to the small things, but once you trickle down all the bad stuff out of your body, slowly, don't just go like cold turkey with it, but slowly, like, maybe you cut out sugars, and then you lower your salt intake, 
and then you stop eating chips, or maybe you replace the chips for some protein chips or some um, non-flavor, uh, like with a veggie straws. I'm maybe very happy healthy. you're saying this because I think the problem most uh, most dietitians and workout people have is they expect the cold turkey out of people. I want to focus yeah. on the reason why I love using myself as the example is. I'm capable of going cold turkey, but the shit's hard. And most people in the world are not capable of going cold turkey. So I want to make right. sure that I'm really happy you brought up the transitional steps of maybe you start with sugar, then go to work your way through the salts. And if you can't do straight salts, maybe you go to a healthier chip and then work your way from that. I'm really happy you're framing it that way, my brother. I really am. Right. No no problem, man. Because we all have those, uh, those urges to grab snack foods. So... You if you want to grab snack foods, make sure you have if you like peanuts or almonds, make sure you have some almonds next to you. If you can't start off with the raw almonds, go with the the blue diamond. They have a whole bunch of different flavors. You can go with the the um, the honey roasted or the wasabi soy, just to start it off. And then like you know you'll transition into eating healthy. Like you'll you'll notice once you start eating healthier over like three weeks to a month of just kind of eating healthy. Give yourself like one cheat day, no, not cheat day. I'm sorry. Give yourself one cheat meal. So if you're hanging out with your boys on Saturday and you know you're going to hang out with them from 6 to 10 at night, make sure your first two meals of the day are like like healthy. You have a healthy breakfast, healthy lunch, some healthy snacks in between. And then that cheat meal that you're hanging out with your boys, it's like, all right, I, I'm going to have a cheat meal. This is my one time I'm having a cheat meal this whole week. And I'm going to jump right back into it on Sunday and go the whole week with just eating healthy. And I won't, and you'll beat the temptation of, you know, giving in to that. And then you'll notice that when you start working out and lifting weights, that you'll just see the fat just start to come off. Like it, it literally starts to come off and it comes off so much easier. And you're no longer like, you know, trying to, you know, just feel like you're just working out just for no purpose at all. There we so, go. So, yeah, man. Um, Rohan, thank you for that dietary portion. Let's talk about the working out because you got into. Uh, we're talking about the warfront. You don't want people to have to go through the bodybuilder.com, read through the endless broads about this amino acid and this mm -hmm. protein does this and this car bloats you, but this one doesn't. So give me a breakdown of what's a workout plan looking like. Still using me for the example. Okay. Um, so workout plan with you um, would look like once you cut down all your, you know, your meal plan and all that, and you're like, all right, I got, I got, you know, enough carbs. Um, but I'm having enough protein and little fat. Um, now that I need to work out. So the car is going to give you energy. So I don't have to talk off the top of my head, but you want to look into fast and slow digestion carbs. And the reason for that is you want to time it before you work out. So like if you're a person that works out in the morning and you work out early in the morning, like early, early in the morning, you want like something that's fast digestion carb. Um, and that's because you're going to you're going to wake up, you're going to drink water, you're going to eat that, and go to the gym and expect to have that energy real fast. Whereas, still, if you have a bowl of like like oatmeal and some fruit, some bananas and everything, and you eat that, you're going to be bloated. You're going to have all like you're going to have so much. You're not going to be able to digest that that fast before you work out. Now, if you eat that at 7 a.m. and you work out at 10 a.m., that's fine because you digested it. But if you're you just got to understand the difference between fasting and digesting carbs um so back to the lift i know i like jumped off right there no no that's a good that's a great tip like that's a perfect transition from the diet to the lifting yeah so i feel like they, they go hand in hand like, i feel like you can't have a trainer without someone telling you that you 
should eat healthy. Like, they, you know, it doesn't – you can work out all day. It's and still be the same. Yeah. Um, so, with working out, man, I think the, the best thing that you need to focus on is keeping your heart rate high. So, like, the, the higher your heart rate, the more calories you're going to burn when you're resting at rest. And it's all about burning calories. So, if you go in there, you know, you, I always start on the Stairmaster. I get on the Stairmaster for 10 minutes, 10 to 20 minutes. It don't have to be on a high level. A level that you feel comfortable at and you work your way up. A level that's going to get you, like, a good sweat. And then after that, you got your heart rate up high. It's probably like 120 now, 130, um, 140. You go straight into your, your lifts. Um, I start off with shoulder workouts, which I always do front delts and side delts with, like, 10 pounds. And I do four sets of those, 12 to 15 reps. And that's my warm-up. And then I'll go into, like, you know, a shoulder press. Um, for all my isolation workouts, um, the single muscle groups, those are always, like, 12 to 15 reps for me, four, four sets. For all the compound, bench press, deadlift, squat, I'll, I always tend to do six to ten reps um, per set. On those, so there's there's like a there's an argument between both whether you short compound out or isolation. I was about to say I just had my friend Devon on, and he uh he was talking about how compound workouts he likes to save for later down the line in the fitness journey. I was gonna ask you how where you stand on that. So when I got when everyone started noticing me when I started losing weight and getting fit last year, they're like, "What are you doing?" And I wasn't too like. I was just doing what I what I want my body told me to do during that day at the gym. Like when I parked at the gym, like, okay, this is what I'm gonna work out today. But I was noticing that I was doing the isolation workouts and then jumping into compound. And with that is, I would say switch that up. So like if you're like, hey, I'm gonna work out bicep and back today, I'll be like, okay, so which what is your primary lift today? Are you working? Are you focused on bicep or back? And you, you might say, I want to focus on bicep. In that case, I would say start with your isolation. Go ahead and burn. Like, go ahead and lift your bicep curls, isolation bicep curls. And that's focusing on your biceps. And then jump into your lat pull-downs and all your back workouts. Now, on the back day, you do the opposite. You hit compound first and then the isolation. Um, most people will just hit compound. And they'll just keep doing it the same way over and over. The only thing with that is you're still going to get big. But you're going to target your bicep more that extra like an extra um I can't even think of it. I'm thinking of artwork right now. That sculpting. You're gonna, you're gonna, there you go. you're gonna get that you're gonna get that sculpting of that muscle when you target more like me targeting my shoulders is because I want them to grow. And it's because genetically my shoulders tend to grow faster than my biceps. Like my shoulders grow bigger so my, my biceps are kinda of small. But in tune, if my shoulders are small, my biceps are big. It's like almost like an illusion. But there's some guys that have big triceps, small shoulders. And so, like earlier, it's, it's about genetics on which muscle group goes. You can't really help that out. You can define it, but you can't help which muscle groups goes, you know, grows faster. But it's usually your delts that usually grow. And I'm going to do the compound isolation, do 12 to 15 with the, with the ISO, 6 to 10 with the compound. You can switch up days and shock the body. It's all about shocking your body. Um, it's all about shocking your body and how your body so thinks. How, often, you going, how but, often do you switch up your workouts? 
Um, so if I'm feeling comfortable with something that I've been doing all the time, like there was one day I worked out with my brothers on a Saturday morning and my mindset was going there doing a regular squat workout. I was like, all right, we're going to do, you know, we're going to go up all the way up to, um, 375 and squat and come back. And I was like, but then this day, they were like, nah, Chris, we're going to do, uh, 225. We're trying to do a, you seen something on YouTube with Mike Rashad, we're going to do, um, 10 by 10. 225 a squat. So go ahead and warm up with your 135, 20 times or whatever, and then we're gonna start the count, bro. Man, I tell you, I was so sore like the whole week, bro, like getting I through that. Like it was, it was 225. I think the first six sets were a breeze, like first you know 60 reps, and then we have 40 more reps to go. So like at that point, I think it didn't become like your bodies are used to going down, coming up. It became more of a mental thing at that point. So me and my brothers, we ended up getting through it. But my legs felt, it felt great. Like, it felt like I was explosive. And, um, but the next day, the next few days, there were, like, I, everything was sore. Which I do like that sore feeling um, at times. Because, like, it's, like, a feeling of, like, you you, you worked out. And then, as long right. as you're not injured. It's a feeling of hard work. Right. So, it's always, it's always a good feeling. Um, but, I don't know, man. For someone that's going to the gym, I know, I know going to the gym can kind of be scary or like you know if you don't lift you don't know what to do say with anything like a new job so you don't know what to do you don't know the guys in there are all screaming around yelling you know they on that big muscle you know steroid dudes in there um and like for me it's just you just take progress pics just keep progress or all everything that you do i know you don't want to take that picture on that first day just keep it to yourself trust me you're going to use it within a year or so like you're gonna use it, and you're like, dang, I really can't. I really did this on my own. Like I really, because once you get into it, I could help you. This could be a push for you to get there. And then once you get into it, you'll start doing. The, you'll start doing your own like little research, Google research on which muscle group works the fastest on, like how to eat this or how to do this at workout. For me, cardio was always doing the stairmaster that was show the best results for me was doing the Stairmaster and taking spin classes on Thursday mornings. Um, that that was something I did. I always believed that cardio, having the right cardio, matching cardio before my workout. Because people ask me, why do you do 20 minutes before your workout if you're going to be tired? Too tired to lift. And I would say, well, if I'm not bulking, and if I'm trying to cut, I'm going to push the weight regardless. I'm not, I'm not, trying, to, I'm not trying to hit a, a certain number with – the weight when I'm when I'm cutting, I'm just trying to lift as heavy as possible while maintaining that lift with great posture, so in great form. So if I if I burn myself out, sometimes I'll burn myself out, but I'll I'll learn to lift past that. Like I, I started growing to lift past that, which is it's almost like a mindset thing. There's days where I was bulking, I did bulk up a lot. I would go in there, skip the car, oh walk on the treadmill for like five minutes, stretch, go straight to lifting to say like go straight to you know, 135, 125, 250, 275, 300, 315. And I had my max was like 335 on bench. Um, and that was like last December when I was bulking. And, but like, that was different. I I wanted to try it out because I had never tried this bulking thing everyone was talking about. But now I realized that I like, you have to bulk a little bit just to get bigger and then cut it all down and shred it. It's like the Statue of David. Like, you know, the art just, Starting from a block and just chipping away. Until you know, you get perfect. It goes nice and chiseled. 
Right. So it's nice and chiseled. Right. Just keep chipping away. And then when then when you get when you bro when you when you get to that level like when you get chiseled, those meals that you eat, those pizzas, fries, whatever, you'll eat that stuff. And then like you'll you, your metabolism is so high then that you'll just burn it off. Like it'll just burn off. There you go. Keep and you'll you'll know that all right, I'm gonna go to the gym. I know that one pizza day isn't going to affect six months of my hard, a year of my hard work. Like, so you'll you'll like you'll feel better, the stress level, your moods will go better. You'll feel confident, um, more confident about yourself. Because I know a lot of people, like for me, I know a lot of people. You know, they say body shaming and everything. Me personally, I didn't feel confident. Like I didn't feel confident about myself. Like, I didn't feel about myself. Like, I didn't feel confident taking my shirt off. Even though, you know, people say, oh, you're, you're fine. I just didn't feel confident until I got to that point late last summer where I was like, oh, okay, I feel I feel like I can do this. But that's just something that you, in your own skin. I wasn't comfortable in my own skin. Um, so, and I knew where I could, yeah. Two quick points uh, before we end. I'm really happy you touched on them. The, the chisel away, the chip away thing. I really want that to be kind of the main takeaway from the whole fitness portion of this episode. Like, it's all about chipping away bit by bit, reducing one thing at a time, and about running your damn journey, man. Right. About running your damn journey. And secondly, about the body positivity thing you were talking about. I'm mm-hmm. happy you said I can only speak for myself because right. I'm going to say this every episode for Spirit for uh, Fitness Week. And I'm looking directly in the camera, too, as I say. If you are comfortable with the way you look, this is not for you. If you like the way you look, whether big, small, tall, skinny, fall, whatever, that's for you. This is for everybody else who wants to involve themselves into some fitness stuff, like myself, who doesn't plan on being fat for the rest of their life. So if you do, that's you. But as for me, I'm gonna go ahead and listen to the good brother Chris here, so we can go ahead and get back. So we can go ahead and get to the money a little bit. So in closing. We always end with the same segment, but I got to switch it up just a little bit today. We usually end with the segment, this or that, as stolen from Jamel Hill's Unbothered Podcast. Ms. Jamel Hill, please come on the podcast and say that every episode until you do. Um, but I got to switch it a little bit and change it to a game I like to call go-to. I'm going to give you a topic and or category. You give me one item that is your go-to in this. We're going to start with snacking. Because it's a big topic here. What's your go-to snack as you're chiseling away and trying to stay in shape? What's your snack go-to? Uh, blue diamond wasabi soy almonds. That sounds fire. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're really good. They're my go-to. That's the go-to. Seven grams, right. seven grams of protein, like 18 nuts or something like that. There we go. There we go. So next go-to, what's your go-to world quarantine? So what's your go-to quarantine workout day? Um, the go-to quarantine workout day, I mean, right now for a limit of what I have, I've been doing some jump roping. I'll do some jump roping, like, just to get some high, like, heart rate. Jump rope, jumping jacks, uh, like, stair jumps, um, and then some push-ups, and then maybe, like, a sprint or two. And I'll just kind of keep doing it for, like, a 10 to 15 minutes. I have a training mask, so I wear a training mask that kind of cuts off, like, your, that kind of creases your lung capacity. Um, you set the resistance level. So, I'm using that. So, that's usually my... Is it something short and sweet? Because um, I don't want to keep doing push-ups like I was doing before in the beginning of this because I don't want to be chest dominant and forget about my back because it's, 
it'll leave you due to some injuries, leaving for a weaker back and you being off balance. Um, so I, I kind of stopped stopped that. But that's using my mind. Just no more. It's nothing, nothing too serious. You'll see me serious when it's all when this is all over with and the gyms open up. There we go. So last one, and then we gotta go. What's your go-to cheat meal, my brother? Oh. <laughs> What's the go-to? Oh man, the go-to cheat meal. You get uh, one. Turkey. You get one for the rest of 2020. What are you picking? I'm a big sweets person, man. You big what? I'm big sweet. I'm big sweet too. Big sweet uh, too. It's gonna have to be. Uh, it's gonna have to be uh, some cake, man. Some some vanilla, some vanilla cake. There we go. Some good old vanilla cake. Chris, thank you so much for your time, my brother. I think I kept you a little longer than I planned on. I do apologize. I know that's cool, man. That's cool. So thank you for your time. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for the tips. And to the listeners, thank you so much for staying with us this long and listening to. Uh, me and Chris wax poetic about life and try to get him y'all some fitness tips so we can all be on our gritty uh, by the time this quarantine's over. Uh, you know, so for my brother Chris Shaw, for myself, host brother beloved, also known as Kevin K. Pierce, thank you all for listening. Chris, thank you for joining. We will catch you all. Thanks, bro. Appreciate it. Next episode.